Welcome to the Off-Brand Golf Show. Coming to you live from the Off-Brand Studios in a clubhouse in a desert by a cactus. What is up? I am your show host, Walker Vestgood. Thank you for hitting play. I'm stoked to have you in our digital foursome. Our show is not about pro golf or pro golfers. Our show is not about playing better. Our show, this show, is like nothing you've ever heard in the golf world. I promise you that. This show is about amateur golf, but not the amateur golf you are thinking about. It's only about the amateur golf you actually play. So weekend warriors, skins game sharks, Hackers, Range Rats, Uni Grinders, Brand New Players, Club Champions, Net Champions, Country Club Hustlers, Real Amateurs, the people you see at your home course every single day, you're all welcome here. You're going to hear some outrageous stories and we're going to get into some strange discussions. You won't hear this anywhere else because no one does a show like this. It's golf. But it's completely off-brand golf. All right, we're through the open. That's a big deal. Getting through that open is a big deal. Why is it a big deal, you ask? Well, uh, this is the very first show for the off-brand golf show. So if you're listening to it, you've just jumped in. On the uh, the very first, the very first uh, program that we have for you. So, welcome to it. I hope it doesn't suck. It could suck, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be okay. We're actually uh, we're actually kicking this thing off. We've we've got a great show actually. Uh, today today the topic that we're going to hit here in a second is uh, talking about anglers on a golf course. Guys who angle. Uh, in poker, they call it angle shooting. In golf, you're either a scumbag, an angler. You're a, not a, it's not a cheater. You're not a cheater. Because you're not cheating. You are, you're fucking with the rules. You're messing with the etiquette. You're, you're maybe breaking etiquette. Uh it's also thought of in a lot of other sports as gamesmanship and gamesmanship often doesn't come into play in golf because you're typically playing in a, if you're, if you're playing, I guess in, in a tournament that you're used to watching on television or, or playing yourself, it's in a stroke play format where you play for, you know, 18, 36, uh, 72 holes, something like that. It doesn't come into play quite as much in a match play event. Gamesmanship, you know, will, will, will come into play. Uh, but there are, there are guys who will, will just fuck with you on, on a golf course. Right. And to be honest, those guys never have a lot of friends. There's not a lot of guys that want to play with guys like that. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into that. I, I had a uh, I had an experience with somebody who I played with quite a bit in the past. Ha- haven't seen. I-, I love the guy. I love playing playing on a golf course with him. But he does some fucking some stuff. He does some stuff. 
So we'll talk about that. We got a couple of good stories. I'm going to, I'm going to hold the, the, the two good stories for, uh, uh, golf in the news. Golf in the news is a, it's a, it's a segment we do where, you know, we try to seek out, uh, just, just golf in the news, <laughs> but typically it's going to be, uh, jackass is doing jackass things. Cause anytime golf makes the news, it's usually because somebody did something really stupid, really, really stupid. So, you know, there are things that we'll get on social media, but t- to be honest, uh, news channels cover that, cover that the best. So we'll run down some of those. We'll talk about, uh, things golfers drink. Uh, we'll talk about, um, I got a new thing for things golfers drink drink or drinks golfers drink that's a segment that we'll get into um yeah and then uh wrap it up put a put a bow on it and then we'll head out to the course um so yeah i think uh i think before we get into this i want to i want to talk about something that we're calling the drive to a thousand uh typically you want to drive around 300 which is pretty good but uh, we're working on something called called the Drive to a Thousand. I want to tell you quickly about the off-brand golf show Drive to a Thousand. This is our effort to collect a thousand subscribers on YouTube. One thousand subscribers is the threshold set by YouTube in order to consider monetizing uh, a creator's content, our content in this case. So that means we see revenue from the content we provide there uh, after being monetized. Uh, the reason why that's important is because the expenses associated with creating this content, purchasing equipment, uh, you know, building this studio, uh, buying the golf equipment that we use to review off-brand golf reviews, you know, not a lot of folks sending a brand new show, a bunch of stuff to review, um, generally running off-brand golf, uh, off-brand.golf, the website. It's all adding up. And the faster that we get to 1,000 subscribers, the faster, more assured uh, we are of continuing the venture well beyond our first 1,000 subscribers. So that threshold will help us crank out new videos and podcasts, and we'll keep the lights on over at offbrand.golf. So as my humble request to you, please help us reach our goal. Uh, Go over to YouTube and search Offbrand Golf. Subscribe to our channel. If you're already watching slash listening on YouTube, super easy. Just uh, please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. If you hate it, don't ever come back again. We'll we'll be okay with that. Um, or you know, get bored in the middle of your accounting job and uh, come back and, and give us another another try. Uh, be really awesome. If we could, uh, we could get you as a subscriber, I promise to do the best that I can to provide you content that you're, you're going to want to watch and that you're going to want to listen to, but you know, uh, getting to that 1000 as, as quickly as possible. I would like to do it in record time. So, so until we get to that 1000, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to shamelessly beg you for that, uh, every chance I get and every single subscriber that hits uh, that subscribe button. I'm going to mention them here on the show, probably in the open. Uh, so the first one is a personal friend of mine, 
not sure what his username is on YouTube, but his name is Kevin Biggs. He uh, he added me before we even got this stuff this stuff going. So thank you. That's uh, that's subscriber number one. Hope you're listening to this, buddy. All right. So let's get into it. Let's talk about anglers on the golf course. So went out and I played earlier this week. I was in the Bay Area in California, and it was unseasonably warm near the water. Um, and let me crack this beer open. Getting a little thirsty. Oh, I don't know if you heard that, but that was a uh, nitro widget going off in a can. We'll get into what I'm drinking a little bit later. Let me get this poured. All right. Hope you guys are drinking with me, by the way. One of the things I want to see in the comments as these these uh, podcasts go on is I want to see, I, I just want you to comment what you're drinking while you listen to this. So hopefully you are drinking. Even if it's during the day, if you're drinking Coke Zero, tell me about it. If you're if you're doing Mountain Dew, uh, if you're slamming Red Bull at work, what are you drinking when you listen to this show? If you're driving in your car, if you're in a state like Texas, you probably got a cold one uh, somewhere. Somewhere in that cab, and you're uh, you're listening. Oh, that's harsh. That's a good that's a good beer though. All right, so yeah, let me know let me know uh, in the comments uh, what you're listening or uh, sorry what you're drinking. So anglers on the golf course, like I said, it was uh, unseasonably warm around the water in the Bay Area in California. So headed over to the East Bay to get into a, a quick 18, playing with a, a, a golfing buddy of mine who I really enjoy playing with. Pretty competitive guy, uh, pr- pretty good guy. He and I uh, teamed up. Uh, his name's DJ. So so DJ, uh, DJ and I um, teamed up to play against another couple of buddies and one of these guys I had not met before played played with him. Uh, we were playing a Nassau, uh, twenty bucks on the front. Uh, it was twenty dollar Nassau. So, if you don't know what a Nassau is, it's it's when you play three separate, uh, three separate matches. Uh, holes one through nine is a match, so that's for twenty bucks. Holes. 10 through 18 are a match. That's for 20 bucks. And then holes one through 18 is also a match. That's for 20 bucks. On top of this, we're also playing $5 skins with carryovers. So every hole is, it could be worth five bucks. If we tie it, which there are a lot of ties when you get four decent golfers in a group, uh, they carry over. So instead of like buying into the skins game, you, you know, you're, you're carrying over every skin that doesn't get one. So, you know, by like hole nine, uh, or eight, you know, uh, fucking holes worth 40 bucks a, a person at that point. So it can get really expensive. And then there's like dots. So I think a lot of guys call it junk, but those are worth $3 each. So if you, you know, get up and down out of a bunker, uh, that's three bucks. If you get a birdie, that's three bucks and Eagles, I think two dots which is six bucks, just, it, it can get expensive. Um, put it this way. I d- did 
fine on the team part of it, but I had a rare day where I didn't take home a skin and I ended up paying out $184. So that is a rare, massive loss for a player of my caliber or me specifically. So it sucked a lot, but what transpired during this made it suck a little more. Um, so our, our buddy, uh, Mike, who we were playing, we'll call him Mike. I don't want to add him on his, his first name cause it's kind of a dick move, but there, I, I realized something about him that I always kind of, kind of knew, but he, he definitely angles a little bit on the golf course. And there were a couple of things that finally gave it away on the, on the course, uh, earlier this week. One thing is, um, it's not any one thing that gave it away. It was the culmination of a number of things that I saw, saw happening that I've, that I've kind of seen go on or heard about go on. And then I watched them all kind of happen. And when you put all of them together, it, it becomes pretty apparent that the guy was doing specific things on purpose at certain times to try to gain an advantage. So like I said, I lost $184 and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his payday, it was pretty brutal. His, his payday was probably in the hundreds from the three of us. Um, much due to some of the antics I saw on the course. So one of, one of the things that I saw, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm sure you guys know guys that do this, but the thing that was joyous about witnessing what I saw go down is that the guy the guy was just so skilled, so skilled at camouflaging what he was doing. So nothing, there was only one situation where it really got blatant and, but it got blatant as he was camouflaging his true intent and intensifying the, the angle shooting that he was doing. So it it was it was pretty it was pretty impressive to to watch him do it but it had some real dire outcomes for our wallets by the end of the day so you know I, so he, here's my thing as a player the the good news is i'm not spending a lot of this time talking about who i am or you know how i play golf or or what i do because i i think you'll get to know that over time if you you stick around and keep listening um so you can learn that as we go but to kind of fill you in in terms of like a golfer first off i'm i'm like a scratch scratch player for sure uh i can break par uh you know pretty handily uh i could shoot par i i earlier this year put up a 96 in a fucking tournament so I'm capable of just completely losing my swing or not giving a fuck. I, I, I don't know what leads to that, but uh, something something going on there. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm capable of doing a lot of, a, a lot of different things on a golf course, but I can play pretty well. The other thing that doesn't bother me too much is I'm not like a rabbit ears guy. Like I'm not, I don't hear every little thing or notice every little thing on, on a golf course. You know, th the one thing I think that bothers me is like whispers, 
um, like if you're going to talk, just, just talk and make it static. Right. So if it's just you guys having a conversation and I choose to hit in the middle of that, that's fine. Um, if it's like, you know, uh, two geese fucking by a pond, that's cool too. I'll, I'll listen to that. <laughs> like it, that's going to be fine. Um, two guys hysterically laughing and fucking around behind me. That that's going to be cool too. Um, things, things that will throw me off is like if it's quiet and then somebody makes like a pretty crazy noise in the middle of a downswing, that could be bad. Especially if like that, that sound sounds like, you know, Hey, stop or look out or hold up or, you know, stuff like that where, you know, you should be stopping your swing. That's going to mess me up. But like overall, outside of like maybe that one, one thing that could, could happen like that freak thing. You know, I'm not rabbit ears. People can kind of move around. If I think they're doing it on purpose, it's probably going to bother me a little more. Um, but it's pretty rare that that happens. I don't really play with a lot of assholes like that. And luckily, I've never really gotten paired with too many guys like that in tournaments. So, um, however, that being said, uh, none of this stuff really rattles me. But it is funny to kind of witness from from our friend Mike. Uh, what was the, what is the first thing that kind of tipped me off to this? I'm going to have to say I realized, so first off, super chatty guy on the golf course, super friendly. Uh, you know, if, if he's not hitting a shot or he's waiting his turn, I never see him standing by his ball alone. Uh, so in his defense, I will initially say you just don't see him alone uh, a lot. You see him, um, you see him talking with guys, standing over by somebody's cart, uh, yucking it up with them. He'll talk to you until it's your turn to hit. You know, just a, a chatty guy. Loves to be out there. Loves. I mean, he'll flat out tell you camaraderie is like his his big deal. That's that's what he's into. Um, and a lot of the reason why he's out there. I also suspect to to relieve himself of his his bitchy wife. Uh, there are probably a million guys that are on the golf course at any given moment across the, uh, across the country doing the same thing. So I get that part. Uh, but pretty chit chatty guy, but what he will do is, especially when it's a clutch shot needed, maybe on a par three, or a putt that is to tie or perhaps beat him for a skin or a hole, he will make sure that he talks in the moment that you are hitting that putt or making that swing. And he, you don't start the swing, then hear him start talking. That's not his approach because it's blatant. You would, you would know immediately that that he's pulling some some bullshit on you. So he doesn't approach it like that. What he does is he camouflages it by doing two things. And again, as I start to put all these things together, I start to realize that he's actually doing all this shit on purpose. And there's a, there's a purpose behind what he's doing. Any one of these instances are going to seem like, you know, an outlier or an, an isolated incident. But... He for sure, when you put all these things together, he's, you know, he's got some motives. So 
this is how he will he will start the conversation. He will he will you could be talking about somebody and somebody steps up to hit a putt or you could be talking about something with him as somebody steps up to be a putt and he will start a sentence and realize somebody's about or watch maybe intently as somebody's about to hit this putt and then what he will do is he will finish the sentence as the guy sets up to start to hit and the other thing is when he plays a team game i've seen this multiple times now so this is the second thing he will so talking is the first the second is he will talk to an opponent he never does this with his teammate so if an opponent is making a putt he will never start talking or make sure that he talks consistently through the putt with his teammate he always does it with an opponent so that is probably to raise less suspicion because you know in in spite of everything it's a it's a friendly game so you keep your banter up with your opponent it it kind of appears that way so like I said, if you look at that by itself, doesn't seem so guilty. But when you tie it into the fact that he's talking and now doing it with an opponent, and the other thing is he will pause on that sentence, wait for the guy to start putting, then go back to talking like that and keep the conversation going at all costs during the middle of this guy trying to hit the shot or, or, or this putt. Then... uh. So now you have these three things that are going on and you realize, holy shit, you know, this guy's doing it on purpose. And by the way, after like eight or nine holes, I, I mean, I played with him quite a bit. I haven't played with him in a number of years. He's he kind of lives in a different part of the country now. But uh, when he was doing this, you know, th then I realized he was doing it like hole after hole after hole. And he was really forcing these conversations in or you know, a conversation would be over and he'd, he'd fire back up with like a new thought or a new something to talk about um, while, you know, somebody's trying to, trying to play a shot. So there's all that going on. Um, and he's definitely doing it during, during shots. The next thing that kind of cemented it was, you know, the, the team match, I think my partner and I handled pretty, pretty well on the, the front nine. We won like two up or three up, something like that. Uh, the overall match, we were doing fine going into number 10. Uh, but we play number 10 and, um, you know, my partner fucked up. I mean, I think he almost lost his ball. I hit a terrible tee shot. It's a par five. Honestly, I'm always looking birdie uh, for par fives, especially this one on on the kind of conditions that we had. So it's a it's a long, kind of tricky par five, but definitely birdieable. Um, I'm really looking to get into a skin because I didn't have any on the front nine. Um, the only skins which had been won up to that point was the first five holes went to my partner. Uh, and that's a, that's a deep hole. Like you have, you, you got to win some skins uh, and you got to win the big skins. So after five holes, uh, only one guy had won skins. 
we had five carryovers into number 10. So number 10 is now worth another five holes. So five bucks a guy uh, times five holes. So uh, five times five, 25 times three. So $75 hole, um, $100 hole if you count your own money. Uh, so it's expensive. And I'm doing doing the best I can. But he gets into a situation where his partner, he had just made par. His partner now has a par putt of about two and a half, three feet uphill. Uh, maybe a little right hand break, but not enough to like give away the hole. Uh, you should just be able to bang it into the center and, and take this hole down. So his partner's standing there and we're kind of like making jokes uh, about we, my partner and I, my friend DJ and I realized that, holy shit, you know, this guy's got to make this putt to tie this, tie this hole and make sure that he doesn't take the hole away from us in the match play and also win these, these five skins. So we like, you know, my partner said something about it. I laughed. We were you know, joking about it, but it was time to get quiet because this guy's addressing the ball ready to hit this putt. The other guy seizes on the opportunity to start laughing and we're backing away from the putt, like trying to get a f- as far away from the putter, our competitor. We want him to hit this to save this, this money, right? A $20 Nassau is not going to compare to losing a $50 fucking skin, right? So, or $25 times four skin. He seizes on this opportunity and starts like laughing with us, despite the fact that we were done done laughing, we were done making jokes. And then he continues to make jokes while this guy's trying to hit this putt. And this putt's worth a hundred bucks. Um, and even at one point, my partner, it's way too late, but he says, Hey, dude, dude, let this guy hit hit the putt. He pulls the the club back, hits the putt, and Obviously, he misses the putt. I, I don't even think he hit the the cup from two and a half feet away. So it clearly, the guy was a pretty decent putter. So it it, it got in his head. And we were like, dude, c- like, come on. Like, you got to, he's like, dude, we've been chatting all, all day was his kind of excuse to get out of that. But it was, it was completely targeted. And when you add that on top of the other behaviors that I'm, that I'm seeing, it, and, and by the way, like I said, I, I've kind of noticed this trend, but today when I went and played with him, it, it had been a while and I really wanted to pay attention to how he handled this stuff. So, you know, all of that being said, the guy was angling. So, you know, I, I'm actually really curious as to whether, you know, I'm sure people kind of know dudes like this, but this guy is so good at camouflaging this. And, but... There was, you know, I think the stakes got high enough at some point that he kind of gave away his position, you know, pretty desperately on that number 10 green. Uh, on that number 10 green, kind of gave away his position. And, you know, I, I put all this together. And, you know, I had known this about this guy, but but I, I felt good about making the read on on how all this was doing and you know I started thinking about it and I've definitely seen guys angle and typically you know I'm not quick to call like a sandbagger 
with their handicap a cheater? Because I, I don't really, I don't necessarily think that it is, I don't necessarily think that it's a, a cheat. Um, it's an angle. You're definitely shooting an angle, especially if you're, you're, you're being in tournaments and you know, you're getting your ass handed to you by like a, you know, you're a five or whatever, and you're getting your ass handed to you by like a 15 because he just shot 74 or 76 on you. Uh, that sucks. I've never really thought as those guys, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends if a guy's always doing it or, you know, if he's just kind of has like a mismatched handicap, if it's, if it's that kind of thing, but this, this was angle shooting and, you know, I, I don't know. Do, do you guys play, play with guys like that? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I have played with guys like that, uh, in the past and pretty generally I fucking hate them <laughs> to be honest. I, I really don't like guys like that. This guy makes it worth it because he's willing to gamble it up and you can get paid, you know, if you're good at ignoring that kind of shit, which I am. But it, what happens is you get in a situation like that and a guy who can't ignore it gets gets pretty fucked, which fucks all of us. So it's not great um, at all. But, I mean, I, it's definitely not the first time I've kind of seen that. I've never really seen like a Seve Ballesteros you know, change jingle in a pocket. I've never really seen like that. I've definitely seen some guys moving around. I would say pretty generally, there's not a lot of dudes who kind of break etiquette to like fuck with somebody or, or re really it's not fucking with people. When you're shooting an angle, you're trying to gain it an advantage and you're trying to do the things that will give you an advantage to be able to beat somebody uh, in a, in a golf game or in a, in a golf match. Uh, another, another situation that will lead into a story I don't want to tell right now, but I will tell this story at some point where like as an adult, I damn near had to fight a guy recently at a driving range, uh, because of some really stupid behavior on this guy's part. Uh, but up until this moment, I really hated playing with this fucking dude. Um, guy's names, guy's name's Ryan. And Ryan is just, as a human being, one of the scummiest, uh, scummiest dudes I've ever come across. Like, on a golf course, for sure, but in real life, uh, like no doubt just an insane piece of crap like i you know i never spent a lot of time playing with him because I, I i never really have liked him i think he's he's the kind of guy that will make people put out 12 inch putts during matches like the best putters you know he's going to make them hit like a 16 inch putt like flat straight putt he's that kind of asshole and like, it doesn't give a shit if he's slowing down around to make some dude, you know, grind over a putt like that. He's that kind of guy. Um, 
he's also the kind of guy that will flat out like stand where he knows you can see him while you're putting and will move that split second before you send that putter through that ball. So he is he is the kind of dick that pulls shit like this. Therefore, I, I didn't really play with him a whole lot. But, you know, when uh, last year when the uh, when that that virus came over on a boat or a plane or however it got here and uh, in golf courses, I was in I was at the time I was in one of the worst states. I was in California uh Definitely one of the worst states to have been in because we did some pretty ridiculous stuff. I think one of the the episodes I'm going to do is reminiscing with a couple of buddies of mine that I'll that I'll have into the uh, into the uh, studio to talk about the uh, dumbest shit we saw during uh, during the over. I don't want to call it the word that it is just because I am so sick of hearing about it. It's definitely that stuff's over for me. It's, it's not something I'm super concerned with anymore. Uh, but also just terrible stuff going on in the, the digital media world when you use that word. So we'll, we'll call it Kobe. We'll call it Kobe. So while Kobe was going down, um, you know, every course closed they didn't, uh, you know, instead of being outside in the sunlight, uh, enjoying yourself, getting fresh air and exercise, they didn't, didn't want you doing that in California. So there were only a few courses that kind of finagled their way into staying open. Um, and it was good. I'm, I'm glad that it happened. We had to drive a little ways from where I was staying, uh, to the Sacramento area. And, and this guy, I don't think has a job or a career or anything. I think he like, I don't know, just plays golf all the time and, and mooches off his rich ass wife. Um, I'm telling you, this guy's a, a huge piece of shit. Uh, so we got into matches with him and, you know, I definitely don't play golf above my head. I, there's only been one or two times where I played for an amount on a golf course that was really disconcerting. Um, but it was also against a guy who was just throwing away money uh, in, in the couple of cases that I can think about. Um, but pretty generally, I play like if there's a chance I'm going to get my ass whooped, you know, I don't play for for too much. Um, but we did get into some expensive, <laughs> some expensive uh, rounds for some people uh, over last last summer and, and late spring, I guess. Uh, but but this guy, I we we played it. How do I categorize what he does? So a couple things. He makes up rules. He he doesn't know the rules of the game well enough to like get super technical on like trying to get somebody to enforce them. Uh, but he'll make them up a- as we go. And he he just does all these things that seem so coincidental. And it happens far too often that it can't not be on purpose. Like he he's fucking around in ways that you're just like, dude, you can't, to be as like. The guy's scratch, I think, pretty. I, I don't think I've ever seen him break par. Uh, I've certainly seen him be under par, but I, I don't think he's ever finished like that. Uh, so he's, he's good enough, and he should know 
what not to do or what not to fucking do on a golf course. But this guy has no clue. And his etiquette's like fucking shit. And I, I think, I, I don't know, maybe it's a cultural thing for this guy or I don't know what's going on. But uh, I generally think it's probably because he's a fucking dick face um, and, and nothing else. So one of the things that this guy did repeatedly in a number of rounds that I had played with him before I decided that it's not worth the aggravation, like the cash or just playing it. Ultimately, I'm playing with several other friends who happen to play with this douchebag and I want to play with them, but I don't want to play with him. And, you know, at that time, the way that the games were being structured and we would get each other out on golf courses because it was like impossible to get tee times as it has been for like the last year and a half since all this stuff start started or began. Uh, you know, I would just go along with it and end up having to play this guy. We'd play a match because I could try to take some money off of him. And, you know, that's kind of how it worked. But over the couple of matches that I saw, one of the fucking things this guy would do every time I wanted to grab his little fucking face and shove him under a lake uh, over this shit was what he would do is. And by the way, he plays so fucking slow and plays for such large amounts against my other buddy, DJ, uh, that he was grinding over everything, which would cause DJ to grind over some stuff and slow us way down. There were times we were dropping like two, three holes behind guys with no chance of ever catching up. And so that made this extra frustrating when it happened. But what would happen is I would miss a green. He would miss a green. He would be away. So he would take his chip. I would get lined up to hit my chip shortly after his ball came to rest And right as I took that last look at my landing spot or the flag or my landing spot and the flag and pulled the club back to hit this chip, this fucking idiot would be running up on the green to mark his ball. Like I could be just off the fringe. I could be 30 yards away. I could be 10 yards away from the flag. I could be on the fringe, whatever it was, this guy... And granted, he's away, so he went first, meaning he's farther away from the ball than I am. And he would hit his shot. I would step up to mine. No chance. First off, I'm closer. And if I'm getting ready to hit, his ball is obviously not in my way. I'm not worried about it. The other thing is, I don't backstop. And I don't need, like, backstopping is for, like, when you're 60 yards out or something, I guess or I don't know who the fuck counts on their ball, hitting somebody else's ball on a green, but it's like not me in any of those situations, but he'd like run up and mark his ball. So there's two things wrong with that. First is like, I didn't ask you to mark the ball. You don't need to mark it. Secondly, like what? Like you can, I know you're fucking looking at me getting ready to hit this chip. So why are you running in my field of vision between me and the flag to like mark this ball in a hurry? Like, what does it matter to you whether you do it? So those two things put together, one is you're only doing it because you don't want to help your opponent in case your ball hits his ball, which is never the fucking case anyways. Not, not with me. Like if there's a chance my ball is going to hit the ball, 
Like I do things with spin where I don't want my ball hitting anybody else's ball. If it's behind the flag for my shot, whatever, I like, I don't want that. So if the ball is in the way, I will ask you to mark it. If not, stand your fucking dumbass still and don't fucking move. So he knows, he, he knows that it's going to be distracting. So he does it. The other thing is he wants to get it out of the way. So it's not backstopping my ball. It's just a selfish fucking move. And you know, the first time I think I called him out, he was just like, dude, I have a right to go mark my ball. Uh, there's nothing in the rules and nothing even really in etiquette that says you have like a right to do it. You can do it. In fact, the best way to handle that is you look over at me and you say, hey, I'm going to go mark that before you hit. Hold on. Or you ask me, do you do you want me to mark that? No, it's cool. I'll hit the shot. You can mark it after. Problem solved. But when you're just running up there every fucking time, and most of the time it's in the middle of me hitting a shot, it can't not be on purpose. It has to be on purpose. And so, like, I bounce that question off of, like, a couple of other guys that we play with. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. He does it to me, too. So he's doing that shit on purpose. One time in a match, he did it. And I didn't really, I tr- I guess I, like, tried to fight through it. And I bladed this fucking ball across the green. And it was probably, like, the third time he had done it during that day. <laughs> so... I, you know, shouted at him and and said something to try to get him to stop. And I was aggravated. Like, you know, there's money on the line. I don't want to lose to this guy. He's clearly shooting an angle. I I hated it. Then the next time he had done it, it was real bad because we had already had this confrontation and worked it out after. And then, you know, a week later, he's doing the same damn thing again. So, you know, that's an angle shoot. And it's it's funny because that shows his lack of like knowledge of of etiquette, but then it also shows uh, in other instances that he's just making up rules. Like one time, he, uh, I think I was on a green. I was on a green. This is the last time I ever played with him, by the way. And it was basically over this kind of crap. I'm on the back of a green. It was a front hole location. I had like a downhill kind of slidey, awfully slippery slidey putt back to uh, back to this, this front flag. And he's on the front of a false front down on like the low side in front of the green on the fairway with a chip. I'm definitely away. And I'm probably away by double the distance he's near the flag. And I do know that, you know, when you're playing ready golf or you're just playing like kind of a casual round, it's cool. I think everybody just kind of, you know, you 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 chip the ball on the green and then you start worrying about who's away once everybody's on the green uh, for putting purposes. But, you know, again, this isn't exactly that because guys who are playing and they're worried about playing pretty well it's helpful to know whose order it is or what order you're playing in so that you can kind of play accordingly and and concentrate on what you need to concentrate on. So, you know, I'm getting ready to hit this putt and right as I'm about to hit this putt, I hear a fucking chip that was kind of loud, to be honest. 
uh, and he had hit his chip, causing me to like, you know, suddenly go into a spasm and leave this ball like, I don't know, 10 yards short on this this putt. And I'm playing a match against him. And we're playing, I, I think we were all playing separate matches. So I'm playing against DJ and I'm playing against Ryan in a match. And in match play, if you hit a shot out of turn, uh, your competitor can request you to, to replay the shot. So he left it like a foot away from the flag. Uh, my putt's going to hold. So, you know, that's, I hit it after he hit the chip. So by the rules of golf, you got to re-hit that shot if I want you to. So I was pissed. And for the first time in my life, I made somebody hit a putt or hit a shot again when they played out of turn, except he wouldn't do it. He would not do it. And DJ was okay with it as well because DJ was also out uh, during this shot. But this guy takes an opportunity to do these things because he knows it's going to be distracting. He knows that he's out of turn. He tried to, and this is the worst thing, he tried to say that because he was in line with the tee box and not past the flag, and he that made him, like, because I'm far away but past the flag, I'm out of the order or something. I don't, I don't remember how he tried to explain it, but it was complete horse shit. And so we made him, or I tried to make him hit the shot and he wouldn't re-hit it. So at that point, I like, to be honest, like, what do you do about that? Because now he's broken a rule in a match that you're you're playing. So I'm actually curious, like, how would you guys leave this in the comments? What what would you guys do there? Would you say, okay, then the bets are off if you're not going to play by the rules? Because it's not like, it's not like I caught him, you know, fluffing up a ball, but it's not like a ticky tack thing. It, it causes some strife and he, he's screwing over two competitors at that point. So I, or opponents. So I, I don't know. So angling is something that goes on and it's something that can be tolerated and be kind of funny and be in the realm of, of gamesmanship, which is the case with Mike in the first story, or it can be just blatant, you know, assholeism. uh, on the course, which is the case for, for Ryan. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It also gamesmanship between like really good buddies is funny, right? Like I've had buddies yell, miss it in the middle of a putts, which is just plainly fucking around. And it, it's, it's fun. Uh, that, that kind of stuff's okay. But when it's a guy that you don't, you know, really know or care or you know it's been established that you're not like boys with this guy uh you know fuck him mostly so yeah i don't know i i'm i'm real curious to get your guys's feedback would i guess the question is uh what do you do in a situation like that where a guy has broken a rule uh like a legit rule so it's clear match play if you go out a turn, your opponent can make you re-hit the shot once they've hit their shot. Um, so that's what happened, right? He he chipped while I was in the middle of making this putt. I hit the putt after he hit the chip. He's He's got to replay it now that I've hit my shot. 
So he wouldn't do it. So what do you do there? You know, if, if a guy won't take a penalty in the right way, like let's say, you know, he drops in a bad spot that isn't the right way that gives him an advantage or, you know, you catch him kicking his fucking ball out from behind a, a, a tree or whatever. What, what do you do there? Do you just call the match off? Which is what I wanted to do. I think I think DJ had, had talked me out of it, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I knew from then on I was just going to be a dick for the rest of the round and then never never play this guy again. So I think I, you know, I, I talk shit. There was some other stuff that, that kind of <laughs> happened that I'll get into that basically almost got this poor guy killed. Um, I'll get into it on another time, but I don't know. And, and I, all of this got me thinking on the drive home, like uh, have there been other times where, where guys have angled or have I tried to angle dudes? And I guess that I have, I guess that I have, uh, there was another guy, uh, a guy named Francis, that I played with a lot during Kobe, uh, for massive amounts of money, like thousand dollar matches. But again, in, in that situation where I wasn't really worried about losing too much of it, where like, I mean, I was talking shit to this guy, like in between shots. Cause he, he, eh. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Cause I felt like I was taking care of like my, or taking advantage of like the fucking idiot kid in school. Uh, but the funny thing is he's actually a really good good guy in a lot of senses but like when he gets competitive he kind of gets dicky so you want to talk shit to him so i'm like openly talking shit to him but i I don't know i don't think that's angling i think that's just talking shit to a dude uh i don't think i would ever like anytime i've ever fucked up and like moved too soon or wasn't paying attention and talked when somebody was trying to hit a shot or, you know, swung my club for a practice swing where the guy could hear it. It's always been by, by accident. And I always feel like such an idiot when I, uh, when I do it. So, I don't know. Angling isn't really my thing. Shit talking or trying to be intimidating, I think, is. <laughs> I'm probably not super intimidating. Uh, but shit talking a guy, I'll definitely do. That's, that's not... Uh, it's not hesitating, but I, I would love to in the comments, email me, uh, AJ at, uh, email me, um, or, you know, leave a, a comment if you're listening on, you know, whatever platform, if YouTube's probably the best, but you know, drop a comment in there. I want to hear stories about guys who uh, who have gotten angled in pretty bad ways. I would love love to know what the worst uh, what the worst ones are. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. That was kind of my experience. It was kind of painful losing all that money in in a situation like that. But you know, good enough guy. Really enjoy playing with the guy. He's a good competitor. He's just. You know, I think he's been outed as an angle shooter, which which is fine. I think I said that to him uh, before we got done. I was like, eh. and he's a super smart dude. So I know that he thinks that, you know, 
it's not so suspect when he's talking to a competitor. It's not so suspect that he's continuing a conversation that was going on long before the guy ever lined up his putt. But it's definitely forced enough to where it sets up some red flags or sets off some some red flags. So it's cool. Uh, but, you know, it's... Uh, kind of a kind of a weird thing to watch people people angle shoot it's funny because like in it in poker if you're familiar it's really looked down upon when when guys do stuff like that in golf it's it's probably very similar i think although i think a lot of that gets you know people kind of get away with a lot of that while while it's happening so (sighs) so that's it angling on a golf course do you do it? Do you know guys who've done it? What's your best angling story? Yeah. Yeah. See this, I, I kind of wish I had waited to do, to do this, uh, to get the, uh, folks going. I think at some point I'm going to start having, uh, folks call in. I would love to, to be able to, to get folks calling in and, and hear these stories on on uh on air so let's jump into uh drinks golfers drink tonight we are working on a beer i have never never had and i thought that i would give it a little bit of a shout out um i purchased this last week it's from a let's see here it's from southern tier Brewing Company, which is located in it's dark as hell in this uh, dark as hell in my studio. Southern Tier Brewing Company. It's located in. Ah, oh, come on! Why does it have to be the smallest thing in here? Uh, Lakewood, Nevada. Lakewood. Lakewood, I know, is in Florida. Lakewood, Florida? Yeah, not Nevada. New York. Lakewood, New York. Brewed and canned by Southern Tier Brewing Company, Lakewood, New York. All right, all right. So this is a Blackwater series. Uh, I'm assuming that Blackwater means stout because this is an imperial milk stout. I actually don't know what makes an imperial stout, although they tend to be like kind of Russian influenced. They always tend to be high alcohol um, and black. They're typically black as fuck. This thing's 10% alcohol by volume. It comes in a nitro. This is a nitro s'mores. Imperial Milk Stout. So Blackwater Series Nitro S'mores Imperial Milk Stout. It's an ale with chocolate, graham cracker, and vanilla flavors added. And it is literally like drinking carbonated Hershey's syrup. It is the thickest, most chocolatey chocolate. And I like these. It's definitely kind of like a dessert or pastry stout. Uh. Yeah, it's it's got that marshmallow flavor. Uh, the graham cracker I never get. There's always graham cracker in these s'mores stouts. 
I never get the graham cracker. I always get the chocolate and like the little bit of like the the marshmallow kind of flavor that they got in there. It's good. It's it's really good. It's obviously high. Uh, it's obviously high in alcohol content, but it's a good golf drink. I'm going to get more into the stouts. I've been, yeah, everybody loves a Guinness uh, after a round of golf. I've been, there's something that Guinness tastes different after a hot round of golf at the end of the day. When you slip into that, that clubhouse and you're, uh, you uh, pour that creamy nitro Guinness there is something that hits differently. It just tastes so much lighter. This this would be a little rough, I think, unless it was really cold outside after a round of golf. This is definitely not like a mid-round mid-round golf drink. By the way, uh during Covid, I started dating a girl who is just an all-star uh drink cooler packer for a round of golf. She's a huge golf fan. Uh, didn't meet her through golf, but found out that she's huge into golf. So she accompanies me on rounds and will just crush a cooler full of delicious beverages. Uh, this is definitely not one I would stick in the middle of like a 95 degree desert uh, golf round. But, you know, once we get into November and we're playing in uh, cold climates, this would be pretty delicious afterwards. So. I say drink it. I say drink it. Uh, I'm hoping I don't get into this this bottle of uh, bourbon that I'm looking at that's also sitting here on the table. A little something from Colorado from the, the Breckenridge kids. It's a, a rum cask finish bourbon, and it's incredible. Uh, if you're a bourbon drinker and you haven't gotten into... Uh, you haven't gotten into cask finish bourbons where they finish them in different types of alcohol casks, primarily like Cabernet cask or sorry, Cabernet barrel or port barrel. Those are two popular ones. If you haven't had something that's been finished in something like that, I mean, if you're in a smooth bourbon, like that will mellow out any bourbon that you drink. Um, this is a rum cask one. Uh, the first rum cask finished bourbon I've ever had. And Breckenridge is outstanding anyways. It's a delicious, smooth, uh, wonderful bourbon. I, one of my favorites all time. Uh, so I couldn't wait to try this when I, tr- I, I first... I, I, in fact, actually, it was about a year ago that I discovered this bourbon on a trip uh, a middle of Kobe uh travel <laughs> i guess it was uh frowned upon travel to denver because denver was open uh during the summer mostly uh i discovered breckenridge uh colorado bourbon and uh it was delicious but i i got this a couple of months ago and i i was actually i think listening to another another podcast and uh, yeah, hammered like half this bottle. So there's a little left here. It's starting to kind of look a little cloudy in there. So maybe not, I don't know. Hopefully it's delicious, but we'll save it for another round. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff drinking. So 
Drinks golfers drink. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's time to go over our two stories. So uh looking through the news, I had heard about one of these stories. In fact, that's going to be our I'm going to finish on this one. One of these stories I had heard about a few years ago it was actually something that happened back in the late summer of uh 2018 and now has an update because somebody's getting sued over the stupid shit that that went down. Um this <laughs> Oh man, golfers doing stupid things. For sure. So this was another story. Looks like it took place in Plymouth, which I think is in Massachusetts, eh? Eric. Yeah. Let's let's jump into this story. It's a a man okay, just got accused this court of looks like a man accused of biting somebody's finger clean off in a fight at a golf course. So <laughs> the headline for this, this news piece back in, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the original story from 2018. Then I'll play the story that came out earlier this week about the lawsuit that's been involved. Um, should I do it that way or shouldn't, what should we do? Should we, should we let, let's actually hear about the court. Let's let's hear about the story that happened earlier this week. So this is a woman named Katie Thompson uh, for WCVB Channel 5 ABC. And I, like I said, I think this is in, I don't know, Massachusetts, I guess. Boston, maybe. Erica just got this court paperwork, and it, it seems that this started as a brawl between two groups of men on the ninth hole of the golf course during a golf tournament. So first off, I guarantee, I guarantee you the golf tournament that they're talking about was like some sort of charity scramble. It, it could not have been a competitive like city championship or it, 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 there's no way that this was a competitive round of golf because the drinking that would have to occur for this kind of fight to go down, uh, had to have been immense. And that kind of drinking is not happening in your, your average competitive, uh, tournament. So we got a group of men. So several assholes fighting on the ninth hole. That's the other thing you're fighting on the ninth hole. Like You've had so much liquor you don't need anymore at the turn in order to get into this goddamn fight. So you're you're raring to go. So this had to have been a scramble. I'm saying it's a scramble. Derek Harkin said nothing to By the way, the uh the side story on the the side rail of this is that closing arguments are beginning after R. Kelly tells the judge he will not testify at his uh sex trafficking trial. I didn't know that he was trafficking sex good job good job robert kelly to us today as he left the courthouse free on bail he hadn't said nothing to us today as he left the courthouse free during a golf tournament let's, let's Derek go back Harkin a little bit said nothing to Derek us today as he left the courthouse free on bail he had a visit all right so they're showing this guy and they're showing the left side of his face he has a scar from his hairline which is he's doing pretty well in the hair department for like a 45 year old guy 
his hairline to his fucking eyebrow, he has like a deep scar. Keep in mind, this shit happened three years ago now. Three years ago, 2018. Three years ago, he's now in court as part of a lawsuit, I think. And he's got a massive scar over his head. So I think she's about to say something about the scar. So we'll check it out. Bail, he had a visible cut to his left temple, which court documents say was a result of the fight. He is accused of biting off the tip of the. What? Off the tip of the index finger of a 57-year-old Mark. Off the tip of the index finger of a 57-year-old Marshfield man. Off the tip of the index finger of a. Off the tip of the index. The index finger. The index. The end. The index finger of a 57-year-old Marshfield man severing through the bone through the golf glove. That finger is unable to be reattached. Has some. So this big fat son of a bitch. This guy is fat. He's it's always tough when you're looking at fat dudes because you can't tell how old a fat guy is. Fat guys always look older, right? Because they're aged because their body is fighting off the the fatness all the time. But I think this dude's like early 40s, maybe late 30s. But he jumped a 57-year-old dude. And as my beautiful friend Katie Thompson here says field man severing through the bone through the golf glove that finger is Sever unable to be reattached has some permanent damage to it this all happened Friday evening during a tournament at the Southers Marsh Golf Club in Plymouth Harkins posted $10,000 bail after his arrest he's been asked to stay away from witnesses the alleged victim and alcohol Harkins lawyer had a few <laughs> brief words to say to us outside of the courthouse <laughs> <laughs> that is a you had a rough round, bro. <laughs> you definitely get the bro call. Oh, I hate the word bro, by the way. Bro had a tough fucking round. If if a judge is telling you bail after his arrest, he's been asked to stay away from witnesses, the alleged victim and alcohol. Harkins lawyer if you've been asked to stay away from the quote victim, what victims guns? What the fuck was it? Witnesses, the alleged victim and alcohol witnesses. If they ask you to stay away from witnesses, the alleged victim and alcohol, you fucked up, dude, you fucked up. You're a fucking idiot. You are dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. You bit off a guy's finger went through his Cabretta leather golf glove with your teeth, then into the bone, then bit clean through to the point where the guy couldn't get his shit reattached because you bit it off. And then on top of that, they ask you to stay away from alcohol. Like, dude, stay away from the witnesses, stay away from the alleged victim, and stay away from booze. Like, you fucked up. That is a rough day on the course. It's a rough day on the course. You're supposed to be out there having fun. It's a fucking. It's a. It's probably. A, I want to know if it was like a charity. Charity Harkins golf. lawyer had a few brief words to say to us outside of the courthouse. I guarantee you Harkins lawyer doesn't say shit outside of the courthouse right now. Uh, things aren't always as they seem and that's all I got to say. 
yeah, things aren't always as they seem. And that's all I got to say. You know what that means? That means I'm a lawyer that doesn't do my homework. And I don't know how I'm going to defend this fucking cretin. And he's probably fucked. I thought this was, I, I, there's a lawsuit going on. The, I remember now. The problem is I couldn't find any audio about the lawsuit. All I could find was like the old article. Yeah, all I could find was the old article. But what's gone down now is uh, this guy, this guy is now getting sued by the dude who's whose fucking finger he he bit off. So the 57-year-old man who's now missing his index finger and can't play golf is suing this asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. great, great. Oh, God, I just, while I was trying to figure out, like, what was going on, uh, Milbray. Police, this is a headline. Milbury, police say dad angry over money withdrawn from bank, hit son with golf club. This is in Milbury. So Milbury is a suburb of San Francisco down the peninsula, uh, right in alignment with the airport in San Francisco. <sighs> I find a lot of stories where people are getting hit with golf clubs. Like that is a way to like, f- like, fuck something up so people get real fucked up with golf clubs in fact when i was in college i witnessed my roommate at the time hit one of my friends at the time with a golf club these these two dudes were real fucking pissed real pissed real real pissed and it was over oh my god yeah, so first off, golf clubs are used as weapons way more often than they should be. They definitely should not be being used as batons at, at the rate at which they are. However, when I was in college, I went to school in Southern, Southern California. And what's funny about this is I played, I played, uh, played sports in college and uh, I had a friend when I spent some time in junior college before transferring to my school in Southern California and I was friends with a guy that was on the basketball team at this junior college his name was oh my god what the fuck was his name I want to say it was DeAndre but it was not DeAndre that was another guy on the team was it Oh, it was Anthony. His name was Anthony. We, we used to call him Ant. And Anthony was a just gifted athlete and kind of, kind of a sweetheart of a guy, but 100% incapable of making any good decisions whatsoever. And he was one of these cases where the guy was such an incredible athlete and so incredibly gifted at the sport of basketball like he was like a Michael Orr type of individual where he <laughs> he was he was so gifted and people wanted to see him be successful 
probably because he he like kind of came out of the hood. He grew up in Los Angeles in a very urban kind of downtrodden neighborhood. And I think people were willing to uh, give him, I think, more than the benefit of the doubt, hoping that he could become successful with this basketball thing. And he played at this junior college. And long story short, it was actually one of the more tragic situations I think I'd ever seen. This this kid, uh, Northern California Junior College, got accused essentially of rape um, by a young woman who he was dating at the time. Not dating. They knew each other. We all kind of knew her. She was at a party. We were all at a party. Uh, they hooked. They went upstairs to like hook up, um, and she was kind of like fangirling him a little bit. So kind of chasing him around. They hadn't hooked up before. Uh, they weren't dating. She was kind of interested. They went and did that. And then the first in a long line of what I saw were bad decisions from my friend Anthony. He came back down to the party and hung out for a little while and totally ignored her. So they go upstairs and have sex. And they come back down and he totally ignores her for the rest of the day or night. And at one point, even kind of told her off in front of people, which was just a bad fucking move. But, you know, when you're 20, <clears throat> when you're 19 or 20 years old, <clears throat> you're kind of incapable of making like good decisions around uh, relationship, relationships, relations like that. So he comes down, acts like a fucking dick. She gets pissed. We all go home. Uh, I think I crashed at a friend's place and he crashed there also i think i passed out on like the floor or something by the way i'm despite the fact that i know all this about alcohol i'm not a huge drinker so i don't really i, I don't really get drunk in college i i don't think i i didn't have a drink from the time i was like a freshman in college to probably 24 25 years old when i like actually picked up a drink and then probably didn't drink again until I was like 30. So not a, not a huge drinker. I think I was, I was definitely sober this night. So I, I passed out. We had talked about the incident. He kind of told me what had happened. Um, so they like went up there and, and hooked up, had sex and he came home down and, and treated her like shit. She got embarrassed and went, went home the next morning. You know, there were cops like banging on the door of this house and they arrested him. Uh, Lucky for him, what had ended up happening was the girl gave, you know, stories to the police, uh, then stories during a deposition to the DA. Then, you know, she testified to something like completely different in court. A every story in every case was wildly different from the from the story that she had told before. Um, so there there just wasn't like a lot of credibility in the story. And there were like a lot of uh, details she had given initially that she couldn't remember later on um, or, you know, said even that didn't happen. So just a lot of inconsistencies. And eventually I think she ended up admitting that she was just embarrassed and kind of wanted to get him back for being such a dick uh, later on in the night. So once she admitted that, you know, all charges were dropped. This was kind of before the internet kind of really took off as a, as a tool to just like ruin people's lives. Um, so 
you know, she, it didn't really damage him in that way, but I mean, they yanked him off the basketball team. I think, I, I think they kind of allowed due process to go through, but I think he was, he was sort of suspended, uh, from the team. Didn't end up playing at that school anymore. Uh, you know, he transferred out somewhere and I kind of lost touch with him. And I, um, I ended up going to school in Southern California and, uh, a year later or two years later, I was playing basketball. I, I promise when I get off on these tangents, I will always bring it back to what I was talking about, which is I just ran across a headline where somebody in Mil- Milbrae, California whacked, uh, whacked their son with a golf club because he had pulled money out of a bank like a dick. Um, so I used to play basketball like three, four hours a night, uh, even while I was playing other sports in, uh, in school in Southern California and, uh, at our rec center at this, this big U- state university. Um, uh, I found myself like guarding this six foot six mega athletic, uh, black dude, uh, who looked really familiar. <laughs> it had only been like a couple of years. And like, I just chose him to guard cause he was kind of playing out the same position I was playing. And as soon as he walked up to me, I was like, holy shit, Anthony. He's like, dude, what's up? <laughs> and I saw this guy. He had been recruited to play at a Jesuit school and finish out his degree at this four-year school in, in Southern California. I think it was Jesuit. I can't really remember. But he he had this like new lease on life. Um, so it was awesome. He like, you know, he was I, I kind of want to rekindle that friendship and, you know, kind of bring him back in. I was I was my roommates were really good guys at the time. I had a I was really starting to come into my own in terms of the friends that I selected. Uh I've always kind of prided prided myself, proud myself. How do you say that? Prouded? You know, I I took a lot of pride in the friends that I had because, you know, they meant a lot to me and I was very discriminatory on who I who I hang out with and what kind of role they have in my life. And um, you know, I have a tight knit group of friends, but they're all, you know, like brothers. That's always kind of been my my MO. And I really thought this guy would would learn a lot from like kind of hanging out with these guys. He was a little bit older, I think, than I was. So by this point I'm actually like twenty one. And I think he was like twenty two, maybe twenty three. Um, but bouncing around from school to school, like I was doing kind of set you back there a little bit, but you know, I brought him into my, my group at the time. One of my roommates was, uh, motherfucker. What was this guy's name? I'm going back a while. This is uh 20 years ago, I think to, to maybe the month. I think this was like 2001 or 2000. Um, God, I can see, I can hear the way that he talks and I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. Anthony was the basketball player. This guy was a college football player at San Diego State University. My roommate, 
he played fullback back when there were fullbacks. Gerald? Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he was a big motherfucker. He was like five foot seven and weighed the same as like a Pinto, probably like a VW bug. He was just a brick shit house. Like they were both big, strong dudes. Uh, so we all had separate phone lines in the house. So we all paid for our own, <clears throat> our own phone bills. This is 2001. So like nobody had cell phones at this point. Um, but we had home phones and our own lines into the house. We all had separate lines. So my roommate, who is not Anthony, one day he opens up and like I said, no, not a lot of internet. We, we did have internet, but we weren't getting like fucking phone bills from it. We, this was like back in the day you would get your phone bill and you would get it as a piece of paper and you would take that thing down to like a grocery store like a local grocery chain that had like a service counter for the phone company at the time i think it was it was either at&t or like pack bell some shit like that uh s s d g and e was san diego uh that's the power company yeah, or maybe it was like Cox Communications. I can't remember. I think that was like our internet and our cable. But I don't remember what the, the phone company was. But they, uh, you'd, you'd take this ticket down with like a, a check. And you would just hand it over to this lady. And, you know, a couple of days later, your, your phone would get paid. And you would, the money would go out of your, uh, your account. Nobody writes checks anymore. But... That's how it works. He gets his he gets his phone bill and it's like $700. And $700 to a college kid in 2001 was probably the equivalent due to $100 felt like $1000 back then. Uh it was probably more like $500 or $300 at that point. But like this motherfucker had a $700 phone bill. And no idea how it happened. The other thing was sometimes phone bills would get so big, they wouldn't they wouldn't bend them. So you used to get your phone bill, and it would be like tri-folded in a regular size envelope, like a letter size envelope. Uh, if they got too big or there were too many phone calls, uh, you would just get it as like a flat sheet in like a large envelope that was like eight and a half by eleven. <laughs> So this guy's, I, I walk in and this guy is dumbfounded, like standing there looking at all these phone calls, trying to figure out like what had happened. So this dude, I, I remember now, he was not from Southern California. Anthony was not from Southern California. He was actually from the South. He was from the South. So he was from Atlanta. Is that right? Alabama, Mississippi. Atlanta. He was from, yeah, he was from Georgia. He was from suburban Atlanta. And there were 
maybe hundreds of phone calls. So by the way, Anthony is now, Ant is now hanging out at my house like every day and sometimes crashing on the couch, which was cool. You know, I was hanging out with him a lot and I, like I said, I, I wanted him to be around, you know, my roommates who were, you know, one guy is going to school on the GI Bill. He's an ex-Marine, completely stand-up guy. In fact, to this day, this guy's name's Ryan, uh, one of the most stand-up individuals I've ever met. I got another guy who's working on finishing his his master's, another guy who had already got, I think his MBA was a stockbroker, like several dudes living in my house. The stockbroker moved out and the other dude, the football player moved in, but like myself and two other dudes who are solidly capable of making good decisions. Like two of the most like stand up guys I've ever met in my life. So I was happy to like have this guy around him. Uh, and he, he fit in, you know, he would go out with us at night. Uh, he's a cool guy, great guy. But again, just fucking dog shit at making decisions, the worst decisions of all time. And this fucking guy, uh, had been calling, uh, back home to Atlanta all the time, all the time. And back then there was no such thing as free long distance calls or like you didn't have an unlimited plan on your cell phone. Like you had a plan where that shit was like 50 cents a minute or 25 cents a minute, some horseshit. And it, it was never, it wasn't like all, uh, back then, uh, the older guys listen to this. It was never all calls were like one rate depended on how many miles away it was. So like San Diego to Atlanta, what is that like coming up on 2,200 miles, something like that? 2,400 miles, maybe it's a long fucking way. So this guy's just paying through the nose for that. But on top of that, there were phone sex numbers. So back in the day, there were like nine, seven, six numbers and like 900 numbers. And, and back then, like this guy didn't have a laptop, so he wasn't like beaten off in our living room, you know, watching whatever the fuck porn on whatever, if you wanted to like download porn, you had to download dot AVI files that took three days to download a 15 second clip that you just watched on repeat while you're like raping yourself in the, you know, in front of a, a screen, literally just taking yourself to task in front of a, a computer screen, just ripping it off to the same 15 second clip on a repeat. Like, that's what you had to do. And nobody had a laptop back then. It was all desktop. So this guy didn't have a, he didn't have a laptop. He wasn't like sneaking off to our bathroom with his, his cell phone, just railing himself out. <laughs> like this is not, it's not what was going on. Right. So this guy was like getting on, on my boy's phone because homeboy would be like out all hours at night and like to get a girlfriend, he would stay over at their place, shit like that. So homie, you know, was not around. My boy's ringing up 900, you know, sex phone line. And what was funny was he was always on the phone out. We had this like balcony, like our house was on a cliff. It was such a amazing college pad. And, uh, you know, he was, he would be out there a lot of the times with like our drapes drawn, uh, out <laughs> on the, on the balcony and he'd just be tearing it off. 
uh, back there, we'd have no idea to these like 900 numbers. So like not very many 900 number, but they were like five bucks a minute or some shit. So like, I mean, I think one of these bills, I think the first bill, like when this came, I think he ended up getting two bills because it was spread out over two pay periods. The first one I think was like 1200 bucks and the other one was 700 uh, because he shortly left the house and was not to return after this. But all this comes down to the fact that like what ended up happening was a confrontation like on the balcony in the front part of the house when Anthony like came over and he had taken my fucking four iron and wrapped it around Anthony's shin. So he, they were like getting ready to fight and they were and like, Anthony was like trying to stay out of it and like trying to deny that he was doing it. And we all kind of knew it was him. And God, was it Gerald? I, I'm going to call him Gerald. I don't think it was Gerald. I think Gerald was another one of my buddies who was like on the basketball team. I can't remember. Fuck. What was that guy's name? Yeah. I'm going to have to figure it out. That's going to kill me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll call him Gerald. So Gerald takes his foreiron and swings it at his like right calf and it bends it like at a 90 degree angle around this guy's shin and the entire time like just shaving meat off his leg. Needless to say, it really fucked him up and that was kind of the end of his basketball career. So, you know, no, no charges filed after that, but I, I watched a human being swing a golf club one-handed and just completely cripple another dude in my uh, my college thing. So I'm I'm guessing that uh, dad angry over money withdrawn from bank who hit son with golf club in Millbury, California, probably did some damage. So uh, back to Katie Thompson. Thanks for telling us the story. Let's let's uh, the pompous lawyer has his say, and then the dude who bit and chewed the through same, a, a golf say. club. What what the fuck did he have to say? Harkins is facing a number of charges, Mr. including Harkins. assault and battery, disturbing the peace and causing mayhem. He will be back. Assault and battery, disturbing the peace and causing mayhem. Peace and causing mayhem. He will be back in Jesus. court here in Plymouth next week. Live in Plymouth, Katie Thompson, WCVB News Center 5. Katie Thompson. That's a hell of a story to have to, to, have to, to call out. So here's the original... I thought that the updated story was about the lawsuit, but it's not. But uh, uh, apparently the 57-year-old man is now suing him because he can't play golf the same way that he used to be. His left hand, his uh, his glove hand has is, is been bit off. But here's the original story. I'm just going to tell you this is Boston 25 News. And uh, the headline for this is a finger's been bitten off. Golfers brawl at Plymouth Golf Course. So this is Southern Marsh Marsh Golf Club. If you guys are out in Boston and played this course, in fact, if anybody's listening to, to any of these stories, they're always going to be golf stories. If anybody listens to these, actually knows what goes down, I will have you on the show via phone to give your point of view. But you cannot be full of shit if you say you were there. I will. I. Look, I got a buddy who does podcasts and he's constantly dealing with fuckheads that lie about shit like this. I've learned from him how to catch you. So don't bullshit me. But if you if you email me uh walker at offbrand.golf, 
walker at offbrand.golf. If you email me or put it in the comments that you know one of these stories or you were there or you know about it, whatever, I will have you on the, the show. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this as a follow-up. So Boston, Boston 25, here's the, here's the original breaking story. Again, headline is a finger's been bitten off. A finger. Gers. Fingers been bitten off. Not a finger has been bitten off. A finger's been bitten off. So it was a golf course brawl. A South Shore man is accused of biting another golfer's hand during a fight, taking off part of his finger. Tonight, that suspect's on paid leave from his job because of... That suspect's on paid leave. At least he got paid. Boston 25 News anchor Chris Flanagan joins us live in Plymouth. And Chris, police say they retrieved a key piece of evidence. <laughs> what do you think the key piece of evidence is? I, I would have bet if I hadn't have seen this already, I would have bet that it was the finger, like from his stomach. He retrieved the finger from his stomach or the fucking ground or something like that. That's right. They retrieved a blood-soaked golf shirt from a golfer's bag, and they say he changed into another short shirt shortly after that brawl, and we have learned this. So apparently this, this guy fucking bit off somebody's hand and is... His bitten off hand squirted blood all over him. So then he went and changed his shirt thinking like, oh, nobody will know. Nobody will know. Afternoon, that golfer works for the city of Brockton as a carpenter. And city late this afternoon, Brockton. the mayor told him, telling us that as a carpenter, they have put him on administrative leave until further notice as they investigate exactly what happened here in Plymouth Friday afternoon. By the way, this is an incredible high def video. Uh, it's like 4K with like a 60 60 uh, frame per second rate. This is beautiful. Good job, Boston 25. All the talk at Southern's Marsh Golf Club Southern's today Marsh. was about the brawl. Not Southern. Absolutely nuts. Why, why anybody would do something like that? I have no idea. Standing before. Maybe he was hungry. Judge this morning and sporting a cut above his left eye. Forty-six-year-old Derek Harkins pleaded not guilty to charges of mayhem, assault and battery, and disturbing the peace after a fight at the Plymouth Golf Course Friday. Our friend here doing this article does not look like Katie Thompson. What was it, Katie Thompson? Yeah. They look a little different. Harkins pleaded not guilty to charges of mayhem, assault and battery, and disturbing the peace. I gotta learn how to stop talking over these guys. <laughs> Two foursomes gotten in an altercation. All right. Before we hear, hopefully we hear the reason these two foursomes got into a fight. What do you guys like had to have been somebody hitting into somebody, right? It, okay. It, it had to have either been slow play and an altercation over that or slow play. Some asshole decided to like send a message hit into them to get them to speed up. And then that's how, because when it's all four guys fighting all four guys, it's always fucking slow play. It, it, right? It's got to be slow play. It's never anything else when it's four on four in these fights. There's two foursomes that got into an altercation. Bitten off. And there's been a finger that's been bitten off. There's been a finger that's been bitten off. Man. Are, so are you losing the fight? 
and then you think, fuck it, I'm going to bite this finger? Police say Harkins bit the finger off of 57-year-old Daniel Menton. According to court documents, Harkins told investigators he was upset because there were eight golfers playing in Menton's group and that... Say that again? ...finger off of 57-year-old Daniel Menton. According to court documents, Harkins told investigators he was upset because there were eight golfers playing in Menton's group. If there are eight, if there's an eight some on a golf course, first off, I, I can see video. I'm I'm watching like video of this golf course. It's actually a decent. It it looks better than a muni. It, I mean, it's definitely a muni, but it looks better than a muni, but not quite as good as a nice golf course. But if you're playing as an eight some. First off, uh, I think you kind of get your you kind of get your finger bitten off for that. You deserve that. That's the penalty. You you create an eight some, and I'm gonna bite your fucking finger off. And that they were playing very slowly and cheating. Witness. Oh shit! So now we've got playing very slowly and cheating. So now you're in an eight some, which isn't even a thing. You're playing very slowly and you're cheating. The thing is, I want to know. Were they angling? Dude, maybe Ryan is in this. Maybe Ryan was in this group. I bet he fucking was. What was the guy's name? Daniel Menden? God. Wish it would have been the other guy getting his This is say Harkins off. and his father confronted Menton on the green. Harkins and his dad. So Harkins is like 40-something. His dad must be in the 60s. He claims one of the golfers took a swing at his father, and that's when the brawl ensued. Yeah. There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts that they get themselves in a situation. Oh, my God. I'm in California and Arizona and Texas, and I never get to hear shit like this because I don't play golf in Boston. Swing at his father. There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts. There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts. There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts that... There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts. There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts. There's a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts. That a lot of stupidity on a lot of people's parts. A lot of people's parts. This is fucking the. It's like the best story ever. How? You know, my week's going well. If this is like the first story I ever do. That they get themselves in a situation. Grown men to have that happen and to really reflect on these people here it just it makes me sick harkins claim that guy that guy was having fucking none of what was going on to really reflect on these people here it just it makes me sick harkins he almost said fucking he was sick his father when the fight broke out and that he was on the bottom of the pile when Menton's finger ended up in his mouth yeah he get it police he bit the finger saying i did and i could tell it hurt him menton described the police the sound of his finger being yeah. bitten off like someone chewing on a Dorito. And he then yelled, he bit my finger off. <laughs> like someone chewing on a Dorito. And I yelled, he bit my finger off. The sound of his finger being bitten off. Like someone chewing on a Dorito. And he then yelled, he bit my finger off. No way. No way. I do my first show ever. This is my first show ever. And we got like someone chewing on a Dorito. He bit my finger off. It did. And I could tell it hurt him. It did. And I Benton could tell it hurt him. The, police, the sound of his finger being bitten off. 
like someone chewing on a Dorito. And he then yelled, he bit my finger off. Oh, my God. Man, bit right through a golf club. Now doctors uh, say they were not able wait, to wait, wait. touch now, that finger. Now the reporter says to... bit right through a golf club? Man, bit right through a golf club. Now doctors uh, say... He said golf club. Bit right through a golf club. Man, bit right through a golf club. Now, do... Is he saying glove or club? What is... Listen, off. listen, listen. Man, bit right through a golf club. Now doctors uh, say they were not able to off. Man, bit right through a golf club. Now doctors uh, say they were not Man, bit right through a golf club. Now doctors uh He says golf club, but I think he meant to say golf glove. Say they were not able to reattach that finger. Derek Harkins was released on $10,000 bail. He's been ordered to stay away from the victim and witnesses and also refrain from any alcohol. He's due back in court. I think I think our boy Chris Flanagan of Boston 25 has been imbibing alcohol bail. listen to him. order to stay away from the victim and witnesses and also refrain from any alcohol he's due back refrain. and forth on refrain is not We're a live word in plymouth i'm chris flanagan boston 25 news whoa 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 boston those emotions all right, all right all right all right all right yeah i think chris flanagan i don't want to cast disparaging words on a on an irishman but uh there's some drinking going on there i think all right, that's a wild story. I don't know how the fuck we got that as like a first story ever. Uh, it, it, so it's an older story. The reason why this comes up is because now the 57-year-old Daniel Menton is suing the other guy, and I think he's going to win. The The problem for Daniel Menton is I'm guessing the other dude, the guy who chewed through a bone and golf club where it sounded like a fucking Dorito has no money. Um, he, he can't afford food, therefore is eating, eating fellow golfers. So I, I don't think he's going to get kind of realize a payday here. So yeah, but that's a lawsuit gotten to court this week. Well, you know, I'll update when I find out what, what ends up happening. I'm guessing they're both a couple of childish fucking re jacks, uh, that are fucking stupid. <laughs> So I'm guessing they won't be smart enough to like settle this thing and it will get to a decision and they'll have wasted a bunch of money. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Now, a uh, man with a hatchet steals belongings on a golf course. This uh, We're going to West Virginia here. Uh, this was last week. Last week on, uh, on Wednesday in Kanawha County, West Virginia. Making contact with the ball and holding as okay. I've heard enough of these local news stories that the second I hear somebody's voice, I know for sure there are going to be a lot of puns within a story. So I think this is going to be one of those stories where she's making ridiculous, like, like balls and holes jokes, like hacky fucking shit jokes. So let's see how hacky we get with this. I, who is this? Marley. Pincock? No fucking way. Marley Pin Pincock. Does she say her name to start the... Making contact with the ball and holding a steady focus. The I think her name is Marley Pinchock. Pinchock. She sounds... She sounds like her last name would be Pinchock. Let's see where she goes with this. 
The goal for college players who competed in a Mountain East Conference tournament at Barry Hills Golf Country Club in Kanawha County. However, that's... My bad. Kanawha County, but it's spelled Kanawha County. Kanawha County. Yeah. Focus hit the rough for one woman when Kanawha County... However, wait, 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 wait. making contact with the ball and holding a steady focus. The goal for college players who competed in a Mountain East Conference tournament at Barry Hills Golf Country Club in Kanawha County. However, that focus hit the rough for one woman when Kanawha County deputies say a man walked out of the woods with a hatchet. And what the fuck? This is story number two. This is the second story of my first show ever. It's never going to be this good. Ever. You have listened to the greatest golfer. This is the greatest golf in the news we will ever have. I mean, by the way, Marley Pinchock. Marley Pinchock sounds like she sounds like Trisha Takanawa on Family Guy. Right? Like, I'm going to. We're going to go back over this 20 seconds. I'm going to let it play. I promise. But Marley Pin- Pinchock is Trisha Takanawa from Family Guy. And she said that focus hit the rough. And there's a dude with a hatchet. And approached her golf cart with belongings inside. I've been here 31 In, years. Inside. Never had- I'm Trisha Takanawa. Inside somebody and we occasionally see somebody come out of the woods but nobody's ever been robbed barry evans who is the head (laughs) golf professional at barry hills country club says the woman watched the whole incident take place from a distance but still a little too close for comfort she was like 25 feet away from him deputies say the man stole her purse which had her keys phone and wallet inside and then proceeded to walk back into the woods so a guy comes out of the fucking woods with a hatchet like just a dude in the woods steals a purse filled with phone wallet keys and goes back into the so by the way guys coming out of the woods uh in most of la and san francisco at this point like Everybody lives in the woods. We've got, I think it's San Francisco, like 15,000 people live all over that that place, but not in houses. So like you could be playing around at Harding or you could play around at Presidio or in Los Angeles, you could be up in Pasadena playing around, uh, literally around the Rose Bowl there at Brookside. You could be playing at uh, Rancho uh in basically what's the edge of bel air and like you will see homeless people just living in the woods nearby the golf course so i i get that this must be a little out of the blue for kanawha county west virginia but if you live in if you live in shitty ass california this is like an everyday occurrence and not only this but you see homeless dudes fucking each other in the woods like there are parts of presidio where you can hear homeless dudes fucking each other uh, off on the sides of fairways. And that's not a joke. I wish it was a joke, but I've seen two dudes blowing each other on a golf course in, uh, in, uh, in San Francisco, California. So stuff like this is not that surprising, but the dude had a hatchet and he, fo- he stole phone wallet keys. She was very 
shaken up. I mean, this is a petite, really nice person. I felt really bad for her. Deputies say the woman did not feel threatened by the man, but rather kind of intimidated. Nothing like this has ever happened. Right, that's so for this, sure. this chick's this chick's tougher than like eighty percent of millennials. She uh, she was kind of intimidated, but didn't feel threatened by a dude with a hatchet. They're like. 22-year-old men on golf teams that I know that would have literally shat, uh, shat the golf cart before running away like a baby, like a bitch. Incident that left no one hurt, but definitely shaken up, sparking a reminder to always stay alert wherever you are. No, see, you don't stay alert on a golf course. You are alert for other players' balls, but you're not... Like, nobody needs to stay alert for a dude with a hatchet in the fucking woods. It's not a thing. Homeless guys fucking each other in the woods? Yes. If you're in San Francisco, you're going to see it. But phone wallet keys because of a hatchet? That's uh, Barry Hills Country Club. You should be able to... You should be able to play... Dude, by the way, this Barry Hills Country Club, I'm assuming it's private if it's a country club but they've got like six sets of tees on a on their course i like it dude six sets of tees is good this uh par three that they're showing ranges from 50 yards to 200 yards so that's a good that's a good range right there you can get everybody involved on on a course like that i like it good job barry hills just get rid of the dudes with hatchets fucking stealing shit Marley Pinchock, WSAZ News. What a what did she say? You are Marley Pinchock, WSAZ News Channel Three, Kanawha County. All right. All right. So we don't have a picture of this person that they're looking for. He's described as being short, um, blonde hair. He was wearing tall socks at the time, and they <laughs> short, blonde hair, tall socks. How tall is John Daly? And does John Daly lives in somewhere like that, right? How tall is John Daly? They say he wasn't wearing a shirt either. Right. Oh, he didn't have a shirt on. This just gets better. Uh, no shirt, just a little bit of gut. Uh, Kanawha County deputies are calling this a... I so the best part about these... So the, the best part about local television stories is... Uh, you'll see listening to these day in and day out that or watching these there's two things always guaranteed to happen they're always going to find somebody to give an interview that can barely speak and they just sound like idiots and the other thing that will happen guaranteed is that the anchors will take shots at you know whoever the perpetrator is or like sometimes the victims <laughs> Mostly the perpetrators and in, in stuff like this, but they will always take shots. They're never letting anybody get off the hook. Larceny case. All right, that's it. So two really good stories. I also found something else. I guess uh, Donald Trump was writ ripping on on Biden. We're not going to do politics on this show. Uh, we'll do common sense. We'll talk about common sense. So. Me being the common sense guy that I am, I think it's funny that uh, that a former president would just take shots at the current president. Uh, 
you know, I, I think objectively we could all all say that uh, Mr. Biden has had a rough year. Uh, it doesn't doesn't matter if you're blue or red. Anybody that that messes up as much as he's kind of messed up in the last two uh, two situations that he's been in. Uh, we can agree that he's he's having a rough go of things. It doesn't help that you have the asshole who who was your predecessor hitting hitting bombs hitting bombs on a golf course and then talking shit about you uh, directly after that. The guy who got out and doesn't have to deal with you know uh, Afghanistan collapsing as a government because you 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 took out the one matchstick that was holding up the house. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, can't figure out a way to not have crises going on the Southern border of your country. And then, you know, you're dealing with all of that and trying to figure out, you know, how, how you're going to spin that into not as bad a, uh, an L as you've been taking. And then you have the guy who, you know, e- equally, had a rough year <laughs> right before going out. The, the only rough year I think he had was that year. And now he's hitting bombs uh, at his golf club and talking shit about you. That That's just going to make a rough year even more rough. So again, not talking politics, but I think objectively we can all say that Mr. Biden has had a bit of a rough year and then he's got to deal with this this kind of shit. All right, fellas, here we go. Oh, that was a bomb. That was a bomb. You think Biden can hit a ball like that? He couldn't get it past the first tee. Forget where he hit it. So we got some asshole saying he'd forget where he hit it. And then he's talking about not being able to hit it past the ladies' tees. Oh my God. So yeah, you, you, you don't want to have a bad year as president of the United States of America and then have the guy who was, you know, predecessing you talking shit about you. It's kind of, kind of happened. I think the same, same as that dude, but that's, it's cool. Anytime a guy hits a bomb and, and talks shit, he's, he's all right with me. That's uh, it's, it's, it's going to be funny. So anyways, <sighs> Those of you still still tuning in, still listening, I'm I'm glad that you made it all the way. Do me a favor. This is the very first show uh, of the off-brand golf show. Do me a favor. If you listen to this all the way through from end to end, go over to YouTube, search off-brand golf. Don't even worry about subscribing. Uh, you did enough by listening to this all the way through. Just throw a comment in there. Let me know that you list and don't bullshit me. Don't I, it, by the way, I just thought about it in my idiot brain here in the middle of the night. Uh, there's no possible way you could hear this if you didn't listen to it all the way through. But if you listen to the entire two hour show, go drop, go drop a line in there and I will uh, shout you out in the next in the next episode. Um, don't worry about subscribing if you don't want to. That's cool. Just drop a, a mention and I will uh, I will uh, do a little something special by by mentioning you in the next, the next off-brand golf show. So thanks for hanging in there with me. 
Thanks for giving me a chance to uh, entertain you a little bit. Uh, definitely a lot of reflection in this. Uh, I hope these to be uh, funnier as they go. I've definitely, for the second show, I've, I've got in a friend of mine, uh, goes by the name of Gimme. Uh, Gimme's going to come in um, and do the show with me. I can't wait for you to hear one of the stories that we have on tap for you. It's, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to preview it by saying it's affectionately referred to, uh, as the shitty birdie. Um, so it's a story about a shitty birdie. We'll have that for you next, next show. Pretty excited for it. Um, again, thank you so much for, for tuning in. One last word about the, uh, drive for a thousand. We're still working on, still working on the drive, drive to a thousand. Um, we'd like to get to a thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel as fast as possible. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, or, you know, you've made it through the entire show on YouTube, just please hit that subscribe button. If you feel like it, share it around. Tell your friends about the show if you enjoyed it. Get it, get it in the hands of other people. Um, hopefully, you know, th- those of you who have come here because your friends have let you know about a new golf show that's a little bit different than, than everything else that's out there, uh, that'd be great. Just please, please head over to, to YouTube, search Off-Brand Golf, find the channel, and... Uh, and hit that old subscribe button. I'll mention you uh, mention you on the next show. Had a great time hanging out with you guys. Uh, really loved telling you some stories. And uh, yeah, it was great. Great time. Hope, hope you guys found it entertaining. Hope you guys had fun. Uh, am I forgetting anything before I get out of here? I don't think so. My time's up, guys. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, can't wait to to share with you the next store a show and uh yeah it's gonna be great so come on subscribe hang out with me keep listening until the next time i'm walker Vestgood. thanks again for joining my group see ya I bit through a golf club. It sounded like chewing through a Dorito, he said. Get the fuck out of here. That was my first golf in the news article ever. <laughs> this is awesome. Come back, you know you want to hear about this shitty birdie.
The Off-Brand Golf Show, brought to you by Off-Brand.Golf.